The mission is simple, to help high achievers naturally eliminate emotional and physical obstacles so they can optimize their life for higher achievement. Welcome. You have just entered the Genesis Zone. Good day and welcome to the Genesis Zone show. This is Dr. Brian Brown. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on this beautiful Thursday. Um, we're going to be talking about how FCUs can make you very healthy or very ill. Now, what are FCUs, you ask? Uh, it's a great question. And how can they make me healthier or make me really sick? I'll answer those questions on today's show. But here's a hint. These FCUs outnumber the cells in your body by long shot. But before we dive into today's topic, let me share some breaking news in the world of epigenetics and longevity medicine. Uh, wearing a biometric device may prolong your life. Yep, you heard that right. Wearing a biometric measuring device may prolong your life. Now, there are plenty of biometric measuring devices on the market. Apple watches, whoop bands, uh, aura rings, Fitbits, and, and many more. But how can they prolong your life? Well, that's a good question. Researchers at the University of Massachusetts, led by uh, Dr. Amanda Pollack, uh, published their findings this past Friday in the Journal of the American Medical Association online publication, JAMA Network. And here's what they found. They followed just over 2,100 adults for about 11 years. Now, they discovered that at least 7,000 steps per day may lead to prolonged life. And here's how. Dr. Pollock's research team found that people who took at least 7,000 steps per day benefited by receiving a 50 to 70% lower risk of dying for any reason during the active study period of 11 years when compared to those who took fewer steps each day. So it looks like walking is yet another epigenetic modifier for longevity that we can't ignore. Now, dust off your favorite biometric uh, measuring device and start walking. And oh, by the way, the study also showed that the speed at which you walk didn't really make much difference in the outcome. Just walk 7,000 steps. So now to the topic at hand. What are FCUs? Uh, I'll let you off the hook in, 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 in a split second. It's poop. Yes, that's right. Today's show is about poop. Actually, FCU stands for fecal coliform units, if you want to be technical about it. And outside of the field of epigenetics, the study of poop called microbiomology is the next fastest growing field of research. Imagine that. Now, the microbiome uh, researchers are learning that the gut microbiome may be one of the largest modifiers of the human epigenome or epigenetics that we know of. Now, I've got four microbiome studies that we're going to review today. Um, two of them are health enhancing studies related to the microbiome and two are illness related studies related to the microbiome. So let's look at the two illness related studies first, then we'll take a look at the two health enhancing studies. 
uh, researchers in Austria at Vine University, uh, led by Dr. David Secchi, have discovered a link between the immune brain axis and the microbiome. They found that unusually high fecal coliform unit numbers of a certain bad bacteria in the gut called Klebsiella were predictive of brain damage. That's right. Uh, bad bacteria in the gut were predictive of brain damage. More specifically, in poorly developed uh, or poorly uh, developing brains uh, in infants who were born prematurely. Now, the reason seems to point to the fact that Klebsiella uh, was triggering an aggressive immune response. And if you remember from previous episodes, uh, you've probably heard me say it multiple times, immunity equals inflammation. You can't have one without the other. They're synonymous. So this aggressive inflammatory immune response appears to be the link between the gut microbiome and neurological changes. Now, I know what you may be thinking or asking, what does this have to do with me as an adult? And that's a great question. Again, it has everything to do with you as an adult. Have you heard the phrase, once a man, twice a child? Whether you've heard that phrase or you haven't heard that phrase, this research will likely trigger a host of studies in the area of age-related neuropsychiatric conditions or neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and it rightfully should. Emerging data is already starting to show correlations in this, in this direction for adults. In other words, there, we're starting to see the gut immune inflammation um, correlation in Alzheimer's, in Parkinson's. And it's, it's just with this study, we're now able to see the detrimental effects of a microbiome gone wrong and the havoc it can play on neurological development at an early age. And when we understand the mechanisms uh, that are going on here with these early age premature born infants, we'll be better equipped to tackle the adult conditions of neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Uh, next up is a study conducted at the University College of London led by Dr. Diana Matei and colleagues. They discovered that leaky gut, uh, this kind of a buzz phrase in functional medicine, you don't hear about leaky gut ever in traditional Western medicine, but I'm paraphrasing. They didn't use the term leaky gut. I'm using the term leaky gut because that's what they, they described it as gut permeability issues. Uh, it's still leaky gut. And that's what we call it in functional medicine. They discovered that leaky gut is the apparent cause for the severity of rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. The more severe the leaky gut, the more severe the rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. Uh, and, and this was measured by lipopolysaccharides, uh, these, these small little polysaccharides that float over into the bloodstream that have no business being in the bloodstream, by the way. They need to stay in the GI tract, uh, but they float during leaky gut, they float over into the bloodstream. They're absorbed into the bloodstream. And you can measure these lipopolysaccharide numbers. And that's what they were measuring. And they saw that the more 
uh, gut permeability issues that people had, uh, the more lipopolysaccharides they had in their blood, which has been previously established in other studies, by the way. But they drew the correlation between those high lipopolysaccharide numbers and the severity of rheumatoid arthritis symptoms. Uh, actually, a great study, quite, quite, quite good study, in fact. Now, um, it, it's, it's, it's truly a, 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 a breakthrough uh, in research in the area of rheumatoid arthritis. But I would go so far as to say it's a breakthrough in research in the area of autoimmune conditions, which we in, in the functional medicine arena have known that the, the base cause of the severity of, uh, of autoimmune symptoms and rheumatoid arthritis is one of those autoimmune conditions is directly linked to leaky gut. We've known that for a long time, uh, not necessarily had the strong research like we have with this study to actually prove it to us. But now we're starting to see those things. Uh, actually, mainstream medicine is starting to see those things. They're just I don't know that they're going to do anything with it in the next 20 years. But I digress back to the topic at hand. This was a breakthrough study. It really needed to be done. Uh, but now let's look at the origins of leaky gut. Now, this is outside the study. From a functional medicine standpoint, leaky gut occurs from a condition known as dysbiosis. Okay. And now this is just a fancy term that means you have too many bad bacteria and too few good bacteria in your gut microbiome. So in other words, you're, you're out of balance in your gut microbiome, thus the term dysbiosis. Now, here's what's interesting that I see clinically. I would add to this dysbiosis uh, genetic abnormalities. And here's, here's the reason that if you look at a person that has moderate to significantly poor inflammatory genes, then they have a greater risk for leaky gut and they have worse autoimmune symptoms. So we can now profile a person genetically and see where they are in their inflammatory response. And in this particular scenario with this study to back this up, it's all the more reason that we need to be doing that. Now, switching gears to the health enhancing studies. First up is a study conducted by Dr. Claudia Barber and her team. They discovered that when comparing a traditional Western diet to a Mediterranean diet, surprisingly, there was no significant difference in the mapping or the, the pattern of the gut microbiome. However, and this is a huge however, when they looked at the epigenetic effects of those same diets, the Mediterranean diet and the Western diet, on the genes of the individual coliform units within the microbiome, they found that those who ate a Mediterranean diet had healthier bacteria in their microbiome. Now, the metabolism of those bacteria were speeded up, which translated to them doing their jobs more effectively, more efficiently, and more rapidly. And this finding uh, th that I'm about to tell you, this next finding, it tickled me just a little bit because one of the key indicators they found that showed, that proved that you had good gut microbiome metabolism, meaning they were happy, they were healthy, they were doing their job, was the presence of gas buildup and flatulence. Imagine that. 
you know, it's it's the social taboo. Everybody wants to stay away, away from it, but it, everybody gets tickled at it when it happens, you know? And in this study, they bring that out that, hey, if you've got good, healthy gut bacteria, chances are you're going to have good, healthy gas production and flatulence. So the greatest takeaway for this study is this. The type of diet you eat directly affects the epigenetics of the bacteria in your gut. That is huge, guys. And we can now extrapolate from other studies that those healthier bacteria positively impact the epigenetics of our body. So my hunch is you can't have one without the other. Eat good food, have a positive epigenetic impact on your bacteria in your gut, which leads to a positive epigenetic impact on your human body. Imagine that we're, we're going deeper into epigenetics and now looking at the epigenetics of the microbes that reside within our own body and how, how, what kind of impact that has. In the last study, Dr. Ayan Resende and her team at the Federal University in Brazil discovered that in sedentary young adults who underwent 10 weeks of supervised moderate aerobic exercise, cardiorespiratory status as measured by peak VO2 max improvement and body mass index reduction. Um, but the, these improvements were directly associated with the gut microbiome composition. In other words, the positive effects of exercise seem to be partly or in whole linked to the, the health and composition of our gut microbiome. In fact, Dr. Resende went on to say that the microbiome seems to have a regulator effect, quote unquote, on the positive outcomes of exercise. That's huge. So we've been all over the gamut today and looked at the negative consequences of, of, of the microbiome gone wrong, you know, that it can lead to neurodegenerative changes, whether you're young and now probably will spurn research into uh, you know aging aging age related neuro, neurodegenerative diseases we've looked at the negative impact of you know the microbiome gone wrong and how it can affect um, our health when it comes to rheumatoid arthritis and then we've looked at the positive effects of looking at the impact of a proper diet on on on, on the expression of the genes of the bacteria and how that positively affects us epigenetically as well. And then lastly, we've looked at how the, the microbiome may appear to be and quite strongly looks like it is a regulator for the positive outcomes of exercise. Now, I've done quite a bit of research through the years on gut health and the microbiome. Uh, I've been fascinated with it I, outside of epigenetics. And I, I always fold microbiomology underneath the umbrella of epigenetics because I don't think you can separate them, quite frankly. But anyway, I've done a, quite a bit of research in this. And, and over the years, I've developed a gut health protocol that I recommend for clients. 
There are two supplements in that protocol that I will share with you if you direct message me the phrase gut health. Uh, just direct message me the phrase gut health. I'll know what you're talking about. I'll know what you want. And I will send you those two supplements that I recommend hands down to help reestablish normal gut flora and decrease gut inflammation. Um, if you live in the Western society and you eat a Western diet, you've probably got some degree of inflammation in your gut. Um, if you're curious about the genetic immune and inflammatory uh, piece of this all uh, or all of this, uh, I'm starting my Gene Hack Bootcamp again on September the 27th, and I would love to have you join that bootcamp. Uh, the first time we did it, uh, we got rave reviews. It was amazing, and we're relaunching it uh, September 27th, and we're going to be going into regular launches of that coming up. But September 27th will be uh, the true inaugural launch of uh, the Gene Hack Bootcamp. Uh, outside of any kind of test mode where we were kind of testing things and getting feedback from clients. Uh, we've pretty well got it dialed in um, uh, at, at, at very well. And we know exactly um, how to deliver this content. And you're just going to be absolutely amazed. We were, we were going over the team has been working day and night on um, the questionnaire. That's a proprietary questionnaire that I've created that is a big portion of the Gene Hack Bootcamp. Um, and it helps you understand which of your five zones, uh, your genesis zones are out of balance. Once you understand which of those zones are out of balance, you can then put a plan in place to address the genetics associated with that zone that's out of balance. And the rest is history, as they say. So if you're if you're interested, you're curious, uh, don't hesitate to hop over to drbriangbrown.com forward slash gene hack and register for the gene hack bootcamp. I look forward to seeing you there. Um, tune in next Thursday at noon Eastern Standard Time for our next in the zone segment where I'll be sharing the latest research and my insights about that research as it relates to optimizing your health, your epigenetics your emotional and wellness journey, um, all, all of it. Uh, it's just exciting times that we're living in right now. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. Most informed, most trusted, and most grateful that you spent this time with us today. I don't take that for granted. Until next time, stay in the zone. I'm Dr. Brian Brown. <laughs>